It is time for another episode of the Tan and J Man Show live on the ISC Sports Network. I'm the J Man. Sitting there next to me is a, the T Dog, Tan the Man. How you doing out there, Tan? Good. A little tired. It's Monday's yeah. gloomy weather, a lot of rain, which here see, here we go with the weather talk again. I don't even have it in my mind that we're gonna talk about weather. First thing on my mind is weather related, but Has it I sound like there? Yeah, it, it rained a lot yesterday. I actually got a decent little storm, very gusty windstorm yesterday. It's rained a lot today, so while it's making me tired, I'm not complaining because as someone who's trying to grow some new grass, it was very well needed. So Yeah, ever since you planted that stuff, I don't know if it's rained once. <laughs> I literally, I think one, di- one time. Yeah. So, you know, take a break for at least one day on the water bill. And me having to go around and move the sprinkler because we have one of those faucets in the back or spouse that only has one. Doesn't have two, so I can't have two going at one time. So I have to move it throughout the day. So to not have to do that, I'm not going to complain too much. That's right. That's right. How are you doing, Jay, man? I'm doing all right. It's kind of gloomy here, too. No rain. But uh, cloudy, overcast, uh, 70s, which I'll take after how hot it was this past weekend. So yeah, It was uh, pretty warm. Pretty darn warm. Pretty warm. Pretty, pretty warm. (laughs) Do you have birdie bogey for me? You better believe it. This is a big one. I know I say that every week too, but you're either going to go two strokes up or or we're going to be all tied after tonight because there's no chance of par. It's either you get a birdie or you get a bogey. Um, Let me get my question here. Can you name the MLB pitcher? who has accumulated the most wins since the year 2000. Man, that's a really tough one. They can be active or non-active. There's no certain most criteria. Most wins since the year 2000. A couple guys uh, come to mind. Obviously been around for a long time, but uh, yeah. Uh, Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 Main Street, Rochester, Indiana. They had this past week a Philly smash stack. Two smash patties with provolone and cheddar, mushrooms, onions, green peppers sautéed with A1, and topped with two beer-battered onion rings and drizzled with nacho cheese. Uh, and they also had a berry of ramen noodles, which sounded really good. I'm not a big ramen guy, but I love berry. Uh, ramen noodles and a flavorful chili broth topped with berry. I don't even know how to pronounce berry meats, diced onions, uh, farm fresh jalapenos, uh, cilantro, sliced radish, locally sourced from Noel No, and a soft boiled egg on top. So they're always coming out with new new items, Still new items, and I think. You know, summer's just underway. It's just now officially summer as of late last week. So be prepared to hear the J-Man introducing a lot more new menu items coming up in his future reads here. I was uh, talking with the owner over the weekend, and he said they have a summer menu now, but they're working on a fall menu. And uh, so. Yeah, I think uh, that's one of his favorite part of his jobs is as the owner, he gets to taste test stuff before anybody else. That'd be great. So when when his chef kind of creates something. Uh, he gets a taste tested. That'd, that'd be a good perk of the job. Yep. Get your veggies. Which they did, right, from Noble Dome. Yeah. Yes, they did. Well, uh, we didn't get to talk baseball last week. A uh, friend of the show, Aaron Lynch, did a good job filling in for me for the first half or so, and uh, he is going to be filling in for the J-Man next week. J-Man will not be joining me. He'll be off somewhere sunbathing on a beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, sunbathing in incredibly hot weather. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Aaron Lynch and I will be holding down the fort next week right before the 4th of July. Uh, so with all that said, we didn't get to talk about the MLB last week. So, J-Man, why don't we start off tonight by talking some baseball? I will do that. Uh, yeah, I was uh, looking, actually kind of looking forward to talking about the Cubs last week, and I'm kind of looking forward to talking about them again. They've uh, they've been playing some pretty good baseball here the past two weeks. They uh, were 10 games under 500 uh, two weeks ago, and now all of a sudden they're only three games back of first place. Two games under 500, they've won uh, – Nine of their last eleven, just just playing, just playing good baseball. Supposedly they had a uh, they had a team meeting, a closed door meeting, the dreaded closed door meeting. Um, in San Those Fr- go one of two ways. 
yeah, it, it can either derail your season or you can uh, bounce back a little bit. And uh, luckily they've chosen to uh, bounce back a little bit here, uh, getting good contributions from pretty much everyone in the lineup except Trey Mancini, who single-handedly, in my opinion, cost him the game <laughs> yesterday. Um, but uh, Nico's gotten hot again. Dansby's been on a good roll. Ian Happ's gotten hot again. Uh, Cody Bellinger's back. Say Suzuki's kind of slumping a little bit. But uh, even guys like Nick Madrigal are having good contributions. Christopher Morrell's been great. Mike Talkman has been fantastic. Even old Tucker Barnhart hitting homer there in Pittsburgh uh, last week. Uh, and, and and they're pitching really well. Marcus Strom wasn't great yesterday. Had a blister on his uh, – finger and Trey Mancini had a terrible air that cost them three runs single-handedly cost them three runs um, in the third inning that kind of derailed Marcus Stroman's outing but Justin Steele's back and he's looked great so far since coming back Drew Smiley's been good um, Kyle Hendricks looks like vintage Kyle Hendricks their bullpens uh, been really good Albert Alzelay's been one of the better closers in baseball Michael Fulmer's had some good uh, has had a good stretch this past month. Julian Merriweather's been great since his first outing of the year. Mark Leiter Jr. has been good. Uh, so they are starting to kind of put it together a little bit. I know the schedule's been a little weak, which significantly helps. they got to play Pittsburgh for six, um, and they swept them. Uh, they're 6-0 oh against them. Uh, but like two weeks ago, we were just talking about Pittsburgh winning the division. Leading division. Yeah. Uh, they find themselves in fourth place now. And since I uh, saw the stat, it was last week, so they've played a few games since then. But since their 20-8 and eight start, they were 14-32. Uh, and 32. Uh, So they have been uh, the worst team outside of Oakland in baseball here uh, since the first 28 games or so, or so. And they find themselves seven games under 500, five and a half out. Uh, but the Cincinnati Reds are streaking. They've won uh, They won 12 in a row, and they've lost the last two, but they're now leading uh, – the division at 41 and 37 Brewers are right behind them half game out. Um, once again, the uh, both central divisions are terrible. The twins are winning the AL central at 40 and 39 Cleveland's right behind them. Then it's Detroit. Then you have the white Sox, 11 games under 500 and they're only six games out. Um, so that tells you all you need to know about that division. Um, can you name me the team? I just saw this tweet and I favorited it. Uh, let's see if I can go find it. Just favorited it today. Can you name me the team with the best record in baseball since May 1st? Arizona Diamondbacks? They have the third best record in baseball since May 1st. The San Francisco Giants are 33 and 18 uh, since May 1st. I had the right uh, division. Got, you, you did. That, that division is pretty good. Uh, they lost two or three from the Cubs, but then they went on a streak. I think they won nine in a row. They were right there with Cincinnati, the Cincinnati ball club. So, 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 so uh, yeah, uh, NLS Diamondbacks forty-seven and thirty-two. They just are not slowing down. They look they look legit. Um, uh, we're about halfway through already, which is crazy to think about. Only three games um, for the most part until we we hit the halfway mark, at least for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And you have Giants right behind them. Two and a half out. Dodgers are still the Dodgers. They're not as good as they have been, but they're still a force to be reckoned with at, uh, 30, at 43 and 34. Then, arguably the most disappointing team in baseball, the uh, San Diego Padres, 37 and 41. I uh, got whooped by the Washington Nationals uh, last night, uh, yesterday, which uh, is kind of their low point so far uh, this season. They're just way too talented to be um, – this I'm to be this bad. Uh, Xander Bogarts hasn't has been kind of a league average hitter for me. Machado's been a below league average hitter. Juan Soto's been great. Fernando Tatis Jr. has been great. But other than that, uh, this great lineup uh, they thought they had has been um, very underperforming. And the crazy thing is they're leading the National League in ERA. So they have one of the better pitching staffs in uh, baseball so far. Their, their, their rotation's just been okay, but the bullpen's been fantastic. So uh, it's it's just it's kind of confounding why they aren't scoring runs because uh, they are 11th in the National League and runs scored uh, with all these big names. Um, you you just I'm just waiting for them to turn it on. But I mean, again, we're halfway through. This is a large enough sample now that maybe it's just not going to happen for them, um, and they will be one of the more disappointing teams of uh, recent memory. Um, but uh, then you have the NL East. The Atlanta Braves in June are slugging as a team over 500. Uh, which is just absurd. They are, uh, they have the second best record in baseball since May 1st. They're 32 and 18. 
Um, but uh, yeah, the Braves have won 17 out of their last 20 games. Um, and it, I mean, he's just, they, they're just the best offense in baseball uh, so far and they're pitching well. And they are probably in my opinion, the uh, favorites in baseball to win the world series right now, even uh, more so than the Tampa Bay Rays in my opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, you, you, you look at the other NL East teams. Yeah. Over the last 20 games, the Phillies have won 15 of their last 20, the Marlins 14 of their last 20. And then you have the New York Metropolitans. They have lost 15 of their last 20. Uh, it's getting to the point where uh, Buck Showalter might get the axe here soon. They're 15 games behind the Atlanta Braves already. Good old Frank Fleming of Barstool Sports. He wants Buck gone. He yeah. went off on a tirade yesterday. I, that poor uh, guy's yeah. going to have a heart attack soon. if he does. But honestly, I was telling my dad this earlier today. I'm sure he is a mad sports fan. But he knows this gimmick gets views. It, it, it lines his pockets with money yeah. through Barstool. So he brings it out a little more than probably he normally would. Yeah, and uh, yesterday is a game that could get Buck fired, and I'm honestly surprised uh, he hasn't been. They were up, I believe they were up 7-4 to four in the bottom of the eighth inning uh, in Philadelphia. And are they're they're up six to three, bottom of the eighth inning in Philadelphia, and um, they gave up four runs in the eighth and lost seven to six. And the reason why Buck got all this scrutiny, uh, deservedly so, is uh, their closer David Robertson, who's who's had a fantastic year. Um, for whatever reason, they didn't even have him up in the eighth inning, uh, just in case the game kind of got uh, away from where. They brought in reliever Josh Walker, who came in and did not retire a single batter. Uh, threw 15 pitches. <clears throat> he uh, walked two and gave up a hit and gave up three three earned runs. Pretty bad day at the ballpark. Uh, but um, David Robertson had only pitched twice in his last 10 games. He threw fi- only 15 pitches the night before. Uh, you, you have um, Adam Adovino, who'd only pitched twice this past week, and he didn't even pitch the night before, I believe. And he had none of those guys up. And uh, he let Josh Walker kind of let it get away from him. And then he put David Robson up in the bullpen to warm up after the Mets had already lost the lead. Uh, so it was not very proactive on Buck's part in a huge game. They, they needed to win that thing because they're seven games under 500 now. But Buck has been known to uh, not want to use those relievers unless it's an actual save spot. Like he kept you, I think it was Ubaldo Jimenez in, in the wildcard game back in 2015, 2016, 2014, something like that against the Blue Jays instead of putting Zach Britton, who had been maybe the best closer in baseball this year in. And Ubaldo gave up a massive home run to Edwin Encarnacion, walk-off homer. Um, so Buck's kind of known to do this. It's kind of an old-school thing that no longer works. And uh, that, team's, that team was supposed to be pretty good coming in, and they have been uh, right there with the Padres is one of the most uh, disappointing um, teams. Pete, Pete Alonso's hitting homers, but below league average on base percentage only hitting 226. Um, Francisco Lindor hitting 221 below league average on base percentage 306. Um, Brandon Nimmo has been probably their best hitter so far, in my opinion. Uh, Jeff McNeil's having a really bad year. And, th- and then you look at their pitching staff, which was supposed to be great. They were t- they're 12th in the National League in ERA. Max Scherzer's ERA is near four. Justin Verlander's ERA is over four. Um, so they uh, went out and signed these old dudes, Scherzer 38, Verlander 40, Carlos Carrasco 36, and um, the returns have not been great for them. Uh, so it's it's been it's been pretty entertaining to watch for, for, for two people that don't like the Mets very much. Uh, it's It's been kind of fun to watch the implosion. Um of the Mets, and and since May first, they are twenty and thirty. So they have the they're tied for the fourth worst record in baseball. The Pirates are fifteen and thirty three, Royals fifteen and thirty four, uh, Oakland A's fourteen and thirty seven. Uh, so uh, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty ugly there in uh, in in New York. It's been fantastic to watch. They're my least favorite awesome. team in baseball yeah. for years and years and years. Is Red Sox? It's kind of changed the last two years for me for whatever reason. It's the Mets. I don't know if I just enjoy watching their fan base just be in misery or what, but it, it's the Mets. Um, I I cannot stand the Mets. Um, I don't really like any of the New York teams, uh, to be completely sure. honest. 
Sure. And, uh, not many people. Well, a lot of people do, but outside yeah. of New York, a lot of people don't, if that makes sense. So. Um, speaking of the uh, New York Yankees, this month the Yankees are hitting 195 as a team. Uh, that's coincide with Aaron Judge uh, being out for a while. And uh, no Yankee team has ever batted under the, under 200 for the entire month of June uh, in their history. Uh, and, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Judge said, yeah, I expect to be back this year. So we don't even know if he's going to play no. again this season. That's uh, already the, the theme of the season, injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I didn't like what Steinbrenner said on the Michael K show. So Michael K was – I think it was a fan to make a question. Michael K pretty much straight asked him, like, are changes going to be made? I think it was towards the hitting coach. And he said, no, we'll let season play out. And then if changes need to be made, they'll be made. But as far as Aaron Boone's case – he did pretty much say that if they get to the playoffs with at least 90% of their everyday lineup being healthy or the or the, what they thought their everyday lineup was going to be coming in this year healthy and they get outs quickly, then changes will probably be made. But right. just him saying that, I'm like, okay, so if the team's pretty beat up going in and they get knocked out right away, even, uh, assuming they make the playoffs, then he's going to be – you know, off the hook again for one more year. Uh, yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm just like, if you're going to make the move, why prolong it? Just yeah. make the move. Um, I don't they're, know. It's, they're weird to watch right now. They're eight I haven't games, watched them too much, to be honest. They're, eight, they're still eight games over 500, nine and a half games out of the division. Um, they still have that top wild card spot, of course, halfway through the year. I don't even right. start looking at the wild card yet. Right. Uh, but uh, outside of the first month, Rizzo's been pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Harrison Bader is one of the only players on their in their starting um, lineup that has been a, an above average hitter so far, and he's only played 32 games. DJ LeMayhew, that contract's looking bad now. He's about washed. Um, the rookies Volpe and Oswaldo Cabrera have been terrible offensively, getting no production from their catching spots. Um, I mean. Giancarlo Stanton stops his toe and he's out six months and he's he's, he's the Anthony Davis of baseball. He he is and and he's been bad when he's been in uh, so far this year. Josh Donaldson has eight hits this year. Six of them have been <laughs> homers, but he's hitting a one twenty five, so he's looking washed. Um, it's it's yes, pretty that has ju- been good. It's pretty much judge or bust for that uh, mm-hmm. for that offense. Now now their pitching's good and they'll keep him in it for sure. Uh, Gar- Garrett Cole's again one of the Cy Young front runners. Um, their, their bullpen's fantastic. Uh, they, they definitely need another starter because their rotation's not been great. But uh, they're still a talented enough team, but they need judge back. And it, it's probably going to be another month at least. If he's, if he, if he's saying he's going to be back this year, he's not even saying soon. Um, I did three. like over the weekend he brought his dog Gus. Gus Judge ran around the outfield with him. That was pretty yeah. good social media That's content. Cool. Who doesn't like a little dog um, running around? <laughs> I have some more uh, baseball stats here. Home games 2,000 to now uh, with 30 or more fans, or 30 or more, 30,000 or more fans in attendance. Can you name me the team that has the most home games uh, since 2000 with 30K or more fans? Hmm. Hmm. This is going to be a really weird guess because the team's not good. But I know people attend their games because it's a beautiful park and something to do. Is it the Colorado Rockies? <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actually in the top. Uh, I, I laugh, but they're actually in the top eight. <laughs> okay. Um, no, no, not, right. not the Rockies. I said it was going to be um, a weird guess. Uh, that, and that was an incredibly weird guess. Mm-hmm. I, I will say, though, the top one, two, three, four, five, six. Six makes sense. Okay. Um. And then you have the Angels at seven, which is kind of weird. That's, but again, they yeah. they were good for a long time, really until Mike Trout got there, which is weird. Uh, th- then you have the Rockies, you have the Astros, Brewers, Mets, and Phillies all over a thousand. All right, so let's go. Cubs in top seven. Cubs are in the top seven. They are sixth. Okay. Uh, are the Yankees in top seven. They're number one. Okay. Well, all right. Big stadium, I guess. Um, God, why can't I? St. Louis, St. Louis is third. They're nine behind the Yankees. Okay. Um, Boston, Boston second. 
I want to say the Dodgers, but I feel like they don't get great attendance. The LA Dodgers are fourth. Okay. That that's a massive stadium too. It's holds um, almost 60k. So I need what, what? How many more do I need for the top? I need five and six. Uh, you need one more for top six because Cubs were sixth. Uh, Atlanta. No, Atlanta doesn't even have over a thousand. Oh. oh wow. I don't know. San Francisco Giants. Uh. Which yeah, they had that string of so many sellouts in a row. Um. Since 2000, the Tampa Bay Rays have only had 113 home games where they've had 30 or more thousand fans. Um, Marlins, 121 times. Royals, 290 times. A's, 338. White Sox, only 489 times. They're seventh worst. You know what's crazy about that? Every team you just listed except the A's have won a World Series since then. Oh no! Got to the world. At least got to the world. At least, at least got, there. got to the world. Yeah, not Rays didn't win it. Got to the world. Series. Besides the Pirates. Oh, I didn't. I didn't um, hear them on that list. Sorry. Yeah, Pi- Pirates have had the fifth least amount of time. Okay, I didn't and hear them on the that Guardians, list. White Sox, Reds, uh, Nationals, Blue Jays, Twins, Diamondbacks, mm. Orioles. But uh, yeah, I thought that was a pretty interesting mm-hmm. list. Um, let's see what else did I favorite? Oh yeah, I. I want to talk about uh, Luis Arai, uh, Arise really quick with the uh, Miami Marlins. He's uh, in his bid for hitting 400 this year, which is crazy. Um, I mean, we're, we're, he has played 73 games. He's hitting 399. Um, he's only struck out 15 times so far in 308 played appearances. Only 19 um, extra base hits. He's not a guy that's ever going to be an extra base hit guy. I've actually heard people call him a bad hitter because he doesn't hit for more power, which is just absurd. Um, he's got some Tony Gwynn to his game um, that we haven't seen since Tony Gwynn. I just spraying line drives everywhere. Um, I, I I'm rooting for it. It's going to be real tough, and he'll slow down. It's it's not going to happen. Uh, but um, when Ted Williams hit 406 in 1941, he faced 74 pitchers all season. Uh, Luis Arai has already faced twice as many. He's faced 148 pitchers in just 79 games, uh, which makes it significantly more tougher on him than it would Ted Williams. And again, Ted Williams wasn't facing upper 90s all the time either. Um, But then I I got a Derek Lee stat because Cubs fans, for sure, and uh, especially me, remember uh, how good Derek Lee was in 2005. Uh, Well, through 73 games – uh, in 2005, Derek Lee was hitting 391 with a 469 on base and a 726 slugging uh, percentage. That's arguably the best hitter we've seen through 73 games since maybe, maybe not since Ted Williams, but definitely this century. Um, so it, it just shows how incredible uh, Dealey was that year. Uh, he's one of my favorite Cubs of all time, so I, I, I had to give him a little shout out there. But um, yeah, um, let's see what else that favorite. This has become a segment where we talk baseball, but it's mainly what is Josh favorited on Twitter this week? <laughs> um, Saturday was the league's most well-attended Saturday in eight years. The average crowd size was 37,995 in eight games at crowds of 40K or more. Um, I, th- I think it's just the games it's are It's got to be pace of play, right? got to be. Mean. Game, games are quicker, more action. Um Fans are loving it. So, uh, how are ticket prices in the MLB compared to other sports right now? Do you know? Have they increased um, or are they stayed about the same? I think they've stayed about the same. Besides Wrigley, you know, the Ricketts um, <laughs> save their money yet they raise prices for concessions and um, seats and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I honestly haven't looked around to see yeah. what ticket prices are and obviously when teams get good like like the reds in this huge stretch they've actually people have started coming to the game so tickets are going to be um more expensive uh, they had their highest attended non opening day tuesday night game in like 10 years the reds did so uh reds fans are buying in uh good well, for yeah. that the regression's gonna hit well, hard and it is gonna make me smile so hard well, well, there's two things I want to hit on right here. You're talking about the Reds a lot. Can you confirm that the Reds are your top three least favorite MLB teams? Can you confirm that? For oh, me? they're in the top two. Top two. Yeah. Is it rotating between them and the Cardinals? Um, I find myself rooting for Cardinals these oh, days. Oh boy. Ma- mainly because the Cardinals are trash. 
Um, but again, I think the Cardinals are still the scariest team in the NL Central. 13 games under 500. I just don't know if it's ever going to come together. But um, so would a third, the White Sox, then be kind of a distant third from those two, uh, or do or do they even crack your top three? I wouldn't say they crack my top three. I mean, okay. it's, it's probably the Brewers, Reds, Pirates, Cardinals. To be honest, the division. The yeah. division. That makes um, sense. That makes sense. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about the Reds a little bit because you, you brought up, you know, fans are coming in, in attendance. And we were around some Reds fans over the weekend, and you can tell they're excited. They got some energy. You know, L.A. De La Cruz is leading this energy of the Cincinnati Reds fans because we both know quite a few Reds fans, uh, whether it's just in person or on social media. And you were saying over the weekend, it kind of reminds you of when Cup fans started buying in with yeah. Baez and Rizzo and Brian Gutierrez and – and uh, it, it all was those guys. The, uh, the owner of Arlington Public House that uh, <laughs> said, you know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2015 Cubs when Bryant and Baez and Soler and Schwarber and those guys were coming up and we got excited. So they're getting excited and it kind of put it into perspective um, a little bit. I mean, Ellie De La Cruz hitting for the cycle on Friday. Um, right. He has rejuvenated that fan base uh, sure. and baseball. I mean, he's, he's arguably a top three or four, maybe even the most exciting player in baseball to watch right now. Um, I haven't watched him once because I try to stay away from the And Reds. it seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders because I remember yep. like the last time we saw this back 13, 14 years ago, Isil Puig kind of took baseball by storm, yeah. and then he snapped the fingers was pretty much yeah. done. done. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the Reds, I, I will say they have become interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's the highest compliment mm-hmm. I can give them. Um, for the first well, time in – since probably 2013, 12, 14, something well, like that. It's interesting as a uh, sports city since Cincinnati. Uh, Joe Burrow just did that with the Bengals the last four or five years, you know. So right. now they got another young, exciting athlete on their, in their baseball team. Yeah. So really interesting. Yep. So um, I'd like to say I'm happy for Reds fans, but in our reality, I'm not. Um, <laughs> They sh- they should be around for a while. I th- I just don't think their pitching's good enough to uh, win this one. Now, if they stay in it and they go trade for starting pitching, things can uh, continue to progress. But uh, they're probably a year away from being legit. Uh, but again, the Central's bad enough where you can win it this year too. So um, you have really all five teams are still. Very much in contention. I even throw the Cardinals in there at eight and a half out. The Pirates aren't. The Pirates are the Pirates are five and a half out. They're close enough where you can call them in contention, but the roster's bad. They're playing bad baseball. I just don't see it. Um, but uh yeah, uh yeah, good good for the good good for the Reds. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, I just see the pain on your face trying to even even get it get it out got it get out of your mouth there. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh the only nice thing I'm gonna say about them this year that's fair yeah that's fair that's fair any more news or notes around the baseball world um looking through my liked tweets on facebook i don't think so i think i'm i, th- I, th- I think i'm good you mean your like tweets on twitter yeah that's what said I mean. like tweets on facebook, facebook I like, yeah. oh, well, so maybe there's a way you can look at your twitter through facebook now i don't know that'd be pretty cool news to me but hey yeah, you know, you never know with Zuckerberg and, and, and Musk. You know, they want to fight. I got a lot of Zuckerberg in me. They, 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 they want to fight each yeah. other. So, Rich people are weird. <laughs> well said. Well said. I wish I was one, but yeah, they're weird. Well, do you want to get educated and maybe we can help Let's you do it. become a rich yeah, person by, by getting smarter here? All right. Uh, well, let me pull up. Where is the uh, – there it is, the On This Day segment. Let's look at sporting events that have happened on June 26th. Um, kind of interesting one. On this day, nineteen sixteen, the Cleveland Indians experimented with numbers on jerseys in a game against Chicago, the Chicago White Sox. First time MLB players identified by numbers corresponding to those on the scorecard. Interesting. What year uh-huh. was that? Nineteen sixteen. Hmm. hmm. On the day 1954, a guy named Jim Peters ran a marathon in two hours, 17 minutes, and 39.4 seconds. Profess? <laughs> That's moving. How long would it take you to run a marathon? Six weeks. 
<laughs> I was thinking days, but uh, twenty six miles. Um, I could probably walk twenty six miles in in a day. I, I bet I, you could do it in a day. I could do it. I I wouldn't enjoy it. No, but, uh, yeah, then, I, I I could walk twenty six miles in yeah, a day. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Not a lot going on. I'll have to look up more about this, but on this day, 1976, Japanese professional wrestler Antonio Inoki fought American boxer Muhammad Ali in Tokyo, Japan. I'm guessing that just meant he, the professional wrestler took participate in the boxing match, I'm guessing, but I'll have to look that up. On this day, 1991, who was the number one overall pick in the NBA draft? And you 91. should know this. We, we kind of talked about it last week on the Word Association segment. Word Association, man. Last week was number one NBA picks that we did. Yeah, Larry Johnson? That was Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson mm-hmm. from UNLV. How'd they call him Grandma Ma? I don't know. I know that was his nickname on the, on the Knicks, at least. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Indiana Pacer fans don't like to talk about him. On the day, 1993, New York Mets, Eddie Murray became the 20th player to get uh, 1,600 RBIs. Eddie Murray played in about five decades, it felt like. Not, it felt like because he retired when we were young. But uh, <laughs> on, this day, yeah. ni- yeah. on this day, 1994, Kirby Puckett passed Rod Carew with 2,088 hits as the Minnesota Twins' top hit leader. He was a good one. Died too young. Who was the number one overall NBA draft pick on this day in 1996? Nine to six. Was that Marcus Camby? It was not Camby. Good guess, though. It was Georgetown Hoya, Allison, Allison, Helen Iverson. Allison Iverson. Yeah. Who's the number one overall NBA draft pick on this day in 2002? 2002. LeBron was 03. Which that Um, was my next one, so I'll cross that off my list. 2002. Will the team give it away? Oh, was that... uh, is that Kwame Brown? He was 0-1. Ah, shoot. Um, I don't know. Yao Ming. Ah. San, San High Shark Center. Yao Ming. All right. How about on this day, 2008? Who was the number one overall NBA draft pick? 2008? That was D. Rose, wasn't it? That was Derrick Rose, who the New York Knicks uh, declined his option. His 15-point-something million option. Sounds like there could be a reunion in the works there in Chi-Town. Why not? Last Man. stop probably of his career. Yeah. So, How about on this day in 2014, who was the number one overall NBA draft pick? Anthony Bennett was 13. No, was he? Yeah. Uh, 14 was Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins. 15. Ignoramus. Andrew Wiggins by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. On this day in 2015, who was the number one overall NHL draft pick? 2015, the only guy I can think of is because it's a guy I've heard of. Is that Nathan McKinnon? It was not. Good guess, though. This was a few years prior to him. This is one of the better players in the league. That's why I threw it out there. Connor McDavid by the Edmonton Oilers. Um, And on this day last year, the Colorado Avalanche beat the two-time defending Stanley Cup champs Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 for a 4-2 series win, giving the Avalanche their third championship in franchise history. Don't care. <laughs> Just wanted to see what you would say about that. Also on this day, uh, Anthony Rizzo uh, made his Cubs debut 11 years ago. In, really? Uh, yeah, 2012. Uh, in that span, he played 1,300 games. Had 1,311 hits, 242 homers, four gold gloves, and, of course, he won a World Series. So, uh, Tony Rizzo, the guy that should have be, been there forever. He he was the captain, should have been there forever. Their production at first base since they traded him away has been garbage. So, <laughs> old Jed got what he deserved. I've been enjoying watching him play a little bit, but never did get my jersey that I wanted to. Just to, I, I chose the wrong one. I got a Chris Bryant Rocky one. That one's been worthless. Should have got the Rizzo yeah. Yankee one. Yeah. The good thing about the Yankee one is they don't have the names on the back, so I can just pretend it's some other 44. A Jersey would. That's what I was saying. Not Jersey. Jersey, Jersey would do it? Yeah, yeah. Jersey. With the name. Yeah. I, I No, I don't get baseball jerseys. Not anymore. Last nice one I had somehow got a hole in the sleeve, and I'm like, nope, not getting any more. 
Smoking, oh. smoking those cigarettes. No, nope. <laughs> S- somehow I it got a cigarette hole on it. Looks like uh, I still as they have no idea. Yeah, Back in did you wear it to like a bonfire or something? And I was pretty careful where I wore that. Yeah, so I, yeah, I, was I don't know. I just remember taking it out of my closet freshman year of college. I'm like, what the heck is this? Who yeah. knows? Mystery to this day. Still have it. Still have it though. Still have it though. And that is the On This Day segment, which is brought to you by, like it is every week on the Tan and J-Man Show podcast, Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects on Instagram and Facebook just by visiting one of those social media sites and typing in Moody Woodcrafts. Their handle's at Moody Woodcrafts. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man Show sent you, you get 15% off your order. So take advantage of that. Get a sign for a loved one, a big sports fan in your in your family, big sports friend, whatever the case might may be. It doesn't even have to be sports-related. be military-related. Whatever. Thad does a great job. He makes signs for any occasion, any theme. Take advantage. You won't be disappointed. Sticking with baseball real quick. I got a word association for you. It is College World Series final tonight. Couldn't LSU told you that. against Florida, two of the top five teams in college uh, baseball. LSU's loaded. football match. They will have likely the – Top two draft picks uh, in Major League Baseball draft here in a few weeks, and Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. Florida has a guy they might, they're comparing to the next um, Shohei Otani. He's a two-way guy that's just unbelievable, both Jack Canglione or something like that. Anyway, I have uh, – let's see here. I have five former LSU baseball players, four former Florida baseball players, and then I have five um, – Guys that you you will know that won the College World Series MOP on this list. Let's so, do it. Starting with LSU, we got Albert Bell. Oh, man. That's a name I haven't heard of in a while. Albert Bell. Uh, another guy that I think I, I brought this up not too long ago. I used to have this VHS tape when I was young. I think it came out like 1996 with featured the MLB's top home run hitters. I mean, it was so old. McGuire was on the A's on this yeah. video. Albert Bell was one of those on this video. And I always liked when he hit a home run in Jacobs Field at the time. Because I believe he was an Indian that year, um, they would dong a bell, so yeah. pull a bell. Yeah. So yeah, he he was jacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he he was the guy you did not want to mess with. Yeah. Didn't want him charging the mound. Yeah, <laughs> DJ Lemayhew, uh, great player for the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, his his game was suited for it was, and then he got paid by the Yankees, and now as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's kind of becoming washed in his career. So. The first trade that Theo Epstein made in his tenure was trading DJ LeMayhew and Tyler Colvin to the Rockies for uh, Ian Stewart and Casey Weathers. So it did not uh, go very well for Theo. Got a little better from there. In that one. His his next trade was trading Andrew Cashner for Anthony Rizzo. So it kind of evened it out a little bit. There you go. Um, the third guy from LSU here, Brian Wilson. <laughs> uh, he was a crazy nut. Yeah, he was a character. Uh, must watch for a few years for the San Francisco Giants. Um, whatever happened to him? <laughs> no idea. After that run, I mean, did he play for anybody after San Francisco, or did he just? He was a Dodger, which was okay. weird. Okay, um, he did. It didn't go very well for him there. But I just remember one time in a post game interview, he's like, "I want to rage," and he looks at the camera for real. Let's <laughs> never forget that. I'm like, "Well, you are a lunatic." Yeah, he, he was an odd guy. Yeah. Um, I've had this guy on this list before, but he's about the only other LSU guy I could think of that I know you would know. Uh, so, Alex Bregman. Good player. Um, one of the many Dodgers that became good, I don't know, past decade almost, I should say. Um, luckily, a lot of them have moved on from L.A., but uh, I couldn't have could, – I couldn't told you he went – Oh, Houston, yeah. I couldn't have told you he went to LSU, though. Yeah, he was number two overall pick out of there. He was a very good player there, obviously. Um, now a little shout-out to our uh, good friend Cameron Screeton with Mike Fontenot. 
Yeah, our buddy camera screen liked them. That's about all I got. Yeah. I know uh, some people who had cup shirts of them. That's about all I got. Yeah. Five foot eight, left handed hitting second baseman. That was our friend Cameron Screeton. Um, which is why I like Corey him. Patterson's still number one in Cameron's heart, though. So oh, let's sure. be honest. For Always sure. will be. Uh, moving on to Florida here, Pete Alonzo. Polar Bear Pete. Um, he's a, even as a Yankee fan, he's fun to watch as a Mets. Puts on shows, him. puts on shows and home run derbies. Um, he is the face of the Mets now. It was David Wright for many years, but now it is Pete Alonso. But they need him to start yeah. playing a little better. They need the whole team to play better. Pete Alonso is my least favorite non-NL Central player. It's not even close. Why? Um, there's something about him. Something about him. The the way he he takes the home run derby so seriously. Other guys are out there laughing, having fun. He, he he's in there taking taking swings in the cage. Just that's his World Series and. Just his his mannerisms. I don't think his teammates like him that much. Um, I know other people around baseball don't, but uh, I especially don't. But um, another Florida guy here, David Eckstein, and Anaheim Angel was on that. Uh, and, and oh, oh no, uh, St. Louis Cardinal. No, he's an Angel. Was he Angel? Yeah, he, Who am he I was. He, he was the. Uh, Oh, two. Yeah, I was going to say oh, two, but then I thought he was a Cardinal after that. Why did I think that? Who am I getting confused he with? He was. You, okay. You, okay. You got All the right guy. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, but a name I haven't heard in a long time. But I remember watching that World Series. I was rooting for the Giants, you know, too, thinking they had it won, and then they collapsed. I don't remember if it was for game five or six. I mean, I was literally just watching to watch the celebration, and then they blew the whole series. So. Yeah, I have uh, two guys here. Um, that might be a little tough for you. Harrison oh, Bader. Don't have much. He's a New York Yankee. I know that, but I don't have much on him. I know that. I know he's a Yankee, but I don't. I, that's, like I said, I haven't watched Yankees much this year. Cardinals. So. Uh, now, this player is very significant to both of us, and his name's Anthony Descalfani. I've heard of him. He was the pitcher that hit the grand slam uh, for the Reds. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was wondering if you remember the guy's name. No, no. And we just talked about him over I, I the know, weekend, we just too. Talked about him. Yes, for yeah. everybody who doesn't know out there, uh, uh, I don't know what, four years ago? Uh, 2018. 18, 2018. Went to our buddy, a good buddy of the show, Andrew Eiler's bachelor party, Cubs Reds game, and Reds pitcher hit a grand slam against the Cubs. Mm-hmm. And it was already a blowout at that point, too. That was and, a rough day for me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have five more here that won MOP in the College World Series. Pat Burrell. <sighs> Philadelphia Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah, Pat, man, this this is what I like, or association. I, 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 I mean, it's rough for me when it's baseball, but I also like it because I hear of guys I haven't thought of in <laughs> yeah. a minute. Pat Burrell's one of those guys. Uh, here's another one that I think uh, will spark your memory a little bit. Todd Walker. Oh, yeah, Todd Walker. Um <laughs> Oh man, what could I say? Good. What could I say about Todd Walker? Um, solid player for many different teams. Yeah. And that's all about all I got. But yeah, yeah, he was Todd a red Walker. twin. Mm-hmm. I liked him with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Hitting second baseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson. Um, don't have much on him. Yeah. To be honest, um, I've heard the name, of course, but yeah, um, yeah, he uh, it. He, for, for the Cubs, he had the name that was like the most British-sounding name this past weekend when they played uh, in England, and it was kind of funny because he he had a homer and his name just flowed off the tongue <laughs> for the British uh, commentators. How was that? Uh, I, I I didn't watch much of it because oh. they played uh, when we were gone, but uh, it was good. Um, Cubs won Saturday, lost yesterday. Uh, Terry Francona, great manager, was great in Boston, has done a really good job in Cleveland. Legend, future Hall of Famer. Final one here, Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield, legend. Uh, played for the Yankees. Played for the, was he a Padre too? I believe so. If I'm not mistaken. Um, don't a, remember his playing days, but. He was a guy that I've heard stories. He could have played in the NFL and the NFL. Freak athlete. Yeah. Freak athlete. 6'6". Six, six, could have played. Bo Jackson-like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good word association segment, J-Man, which is brought to you by, like it is every week, 
Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or a sales meeting, Proforma Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one-source print and promotional company by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call today at 574-210-3815. Or if you'd rather email her, you can do that as well. Barbara.VanWeinsberg at Proforma.com. The NBA draft is come and gone. I did not watch a single minute of this year's draft. just didn't interest me. I didn't think it was very hyped this year going into it. But with that said, I want your thoughts, especially on maybe we focus just on the Big Ten guys. Um, it was the it is the by far the boringest coverage, in my opinion, of a major sports league draft. It, it, the NFL obviously is a spectacle. I think baseball does a lot better job than uh, basketball does with it. Uh, as far as the Big Ten guys go, a couple first rounders. Um, Jet Howard went eleventh to the Magic. Reach, in my opinion, that dude plays no defense. I think he got he's he's a good shooter, but the Howard name helped him. Uh, Kobe Bluffkin, Buffkin, whatever his name Buffkin is. Buffkin went 15th to the Hawks. Going top 15. So two Michigan guys, top 15. They didn't make the tournament. They, they had two top 15 picks and Hunter Dickinson and missed the mm. NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffkin, he's he's a decent shooter, good, pretty good athlete. Super skinny. I think he'll fizzle out in the NBA. Um, I just I don't understand how he went that high, to be honest. Jalen Hood Shafino from Indiana went off the board next for the Big Ten players at 17 to the Lakers. I think it's a good fit for him personally. Fantastic. Uh he in my opinion, he should have been the first Big Ten player off the board. Um obviously he was one and done guy, but uh he was fantastic in two games against Purdue and two games against mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, and he was good in the NCAA tournament too outside. No, they weren't really. Any of them were good against Miami. But, uh, yeah, he uh, 6'5", guy who can play the point. Yeah. Good mid-range game, what you need at the next mm-hmm. level. Then Chris Murray from Iowa was next, 23 to the Blazers. Yeah, uh, the Twins, uh, Keegan and Chris now both in the NBA, both first-round picks. Both in the West um, Coast. He, Chris was a good player, but Ke- Keegan was definitely the better player at Iowa. Um, and I think he's a better fit in the NBA. Obviously, he's already had a rookie season under his belt. But uh, yeah. Utah Jazz took Bryce Sensenball, twenty-eight from Ohio State. He's a first rounder, huh? He yep. uh, he's he's a he's a big dude. Like he is very physical, um, six seven, I think two thirty. Good shoot. He, the dude's wired to get buckets. Um, Holtman, I know, had a real tough time playing him because his defense was so bad, um, and I, I don't think he's a great athlete either. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see his fit in the NBA. Uh, the Indiana Pacers drafted uh, Penn State's Jalen Pickett at thirty-two, but traded it to the uh, reigning NBA champion Denver Nuggets. Man, Brad Underwood will see. He still sees him, I'm sure, in his <laughs> nightmares. Every Big Ten coach will. He was a nightmare to play against. Epitome of Illinois killer. <laughs> uh, let's see. After him. Another Penn State guy at uh, 46, the Hawks took Seth Lundy. So Hawks loving themselves Lundy in Big Ten. drafted, huh? 46th. Man, he, I, he is long and athletic, and, and he can shoot. I mean, the NBA looks for traits um, from these guys, and he, he has some NBA traits. And then lastly, uh, drafted by the Wizards at 57, but traded to the Warriors, Indiana's Trace Jackson Davis, and he tweeted that everybody was going to regret passing on him. Yeah, I think it's a good fit um, for him. Personally, I mean, you can go to a winning franchise right away. Athletic, good passer for his size, shot blocker. He he needed to develop some sort of outside shooting game uh, that uh, will limit his ceiling in the NBA. But I think he sticks around for a little while. Interesting thing, there was only 58 draft picks instead of 60. This is NBA draft because the Sixers and the Buck and the Bulls, Sixers and the Bulls each forfeited a second round pick due to violating rules governing free agent discussions. I didn't, didn't know that. So. Didn't help the Bulls land any good free agents. So, <laughs> so uh, yep, there you go. That Those are all the Big Ten guys taken. Um, there wasn't too many surprises I didn't think elsewhere around the draft. A lot of the projected top ten win in the top ten. Yeah. So. It, it, it is interesting, though, to see uh, a G League guy and two overtime elite. Sure, uh, in top five. Oh, overtime elite was kind of like just a – 
highlight video company sort of deal that guys would play in this league and get highlights to send out, but uh, it turned into a legit operation. And there was uh, three G League guys in second round too. So second round makes more sense than having two. It does. It does. Absolutely. But still pretty interesting. There's definitely a route players can go. I still think they should just open it up. If I was in control, I would open up. You can jump out of high school, but if you go to college, but if you go to college, you have to stay a minimum two years. That would be my parameters on it. But They don't ask my opinion, Josh. Yeah. Don't ask my but, I mean, football and baseball, that's it. You uh, Well, besides jump to the NFL. But baseball, I should say, <laughs> you can draft out of the high school. Or, but if you go to college, you got to stay three years unless you go JUCO. Then you can go one um, year and jump in. I was going to get some golf talking this week, but there's not a lot to talk about. Uh, my boy I, Ricky. Oh, I do sorry. have a Scotty Scheffler um, stat. I think it's the one absurd. I've seen. Yeah. Um, it's been 245 days and 18 events, and Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12. Yeah, it's every event since October, I believe, or something dumb like that. And it's been two months since he finished outside the top five. His average paycheck per per tournament is like 1.3 million this year. That's absurd. Is the dude's it, just is he the best golfer in the world right now? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't always win, but yeah, he's always right. in contention. So that's. Yeah, I mean he's solid. He's and if he could if he could putt a little better, he'd be racking him win after win. It's just his putting yeah. stinks more weeks than not. But uh my boy Ricky Fowler did not win the Travelers Championship, didn't even finish in the top ten, a little disappointing round four yesterday. But he fired a personal best sixty round three on Saturday. So uh his he's got seven top tens this year. Um those round fours seem to get him. Yeah, they have the last two weeks, but maybe this week's this week up at Detroit Country Club, Rocket Mortgage Classic. That is one of his big sponsors. Maybe this week is his week. I don't know. They don't have a real strong field. Uh, Max Homa, ranked number nine in the world's only guy in top top ten, inside top ten. Tony Finau's 14th defending champion. Justin Thomas, 17th. Keegan Bradley, who just won 18th. Colin Morikawa, 20th. But after that, you've probably really never heard of any of the other guys. So. Ricky Fowler's 35th there, I should say. So um, maybe maybe this is his week. Maybe not. We'll see. But trending in the right direction still. But instead of talking too much golf, I thought our last segment today would be a what-if segment. Uh, gave, us, excuse me, gave us both some homework and thought we could come up with three what-ifs for our favorite sports team. And I also asked on social media, but it was late in the day. We haven't really heard much of a response. And asked our friends – a uh, good friend of the show, Andrew Eiler, said um, his would be Rollis Chapman given a chance to start for the Reds. He was trying to think outside the box, different than uh, Kyle Warren's fumble or Robbie Hummel not going down. Uh, he also said, had the 1994 baseball season been short and Griffey hits uh, 62 homers, had not been short, I should say. And he thinks if Johnny Cueto lasts more than eight pitches in game one of the 2012 NLDS, the Reds don't tax the bullpen and win the World Series. <laughs> that, that was a, that was a good Reds team, I, I will say. But, uh, so, what are your three what ifs for the Chicago Cubs? Um, what if there is no rain delay in the game seven? Um, because they were down in the dumps on themselves. So, uh, that's one of. It's a good one. Um, what if? You said we did homework, but I did no homework. Um, <laughs> There's just one of them out here I thought would be an obvious one for you, in uh, my opinion. Obviously, what if Steve Bartman never does that? But I, I, I try not to talk about Steve Bartman. I know you don't because you're a good guy. But um, What what if Alex Gonzalez turns that double play? That's true. A lot of people forget about that. It would have been tied maybe. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, but that is definitely one. Um, what if... Mark Pryor is the greatest mm-hmm. what if. Uh, that dude didn't throw a pitch after his 25th birthday. That's insane. That's just yeah, insane. He he should have won Cy Young in 2003, but I think Eric Gagne won it or something. Closers don't win it anymore. But, uh, yeah, that's that's my three. Mark how Pryor. My, how Miami Dolphins, three. 
Uh, Dolphins, I'm the, the obvious one is what happens if they choose, or what if they would have chosen Drew Brees over uh, Dante Culpepper. But mine is what if they wouldn't have hired Nick Saban? You know, um, I I don't even know who other candidates would have been at the time. I was too young to really follow that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, Saban was a disaster there. Um, what? If Ryan Tannehill doesn't tear his ACL in 2016, uh, that team was rolling at that time. Uh, Matt Moore did a fine job filling in, uh, but I think they would have had a better shot with Tannehill there in Pittsburgh. And then uh, my final what if, what if Tua never gets those concussions this year? Because they were rolling with him. Comes back, they started playing good football too. Then he picked up another one uh, against Green Bay, and then they had to start Skylar Thompson and – they beat the Bills in that wild card game of Tua plays. I mean, they dang near beat them um, with Thompson. So, yeah. And lastly, uh, Illinois basketball. Illinois basketball. What? What if Bruce Weber would have decided to stay at Southern Illinois and wait for the Purdue job to open? Um, what? It, I, the, an obvious one is what if Bill Self stays, but I'm not even going to do that. Um, but one candidate, if they wouldn't have hired Bruce Weber, was Dana Altman, and he could have been there for a long mm. time. Um, what if the 2021 Illinois team does not go all out to win the Big Ten tournament because they felt slighted uh, for not winning the regular season because of the COVID rules? Because I think they put all their energy in, in, into winning that thing, um, and they just were not prepared uh, for, uh, for Loyola, which was kind of sad. And then the final one, what if Kendrick Nunn does not get kicked out of school? Because I think Gross would have that, – that that team's a probably a top seven or so seed in the NCAA tournament and they end up missing the NCAA tournament. Gross gets fired. Gross would have easily gotten a contract extension had they made the tournament and things could have looked significantly different uh, going forward. I was surprised you didn't have anything about the 05 championship game in there. No. We've talked about that a bunch. Yeah, I know what, I, it's it's ma- it's mainly a lot of what ifs. Like, what if D Will doesn't hit that three? Then don't even look back on them as fondly. That's true. So That's true. Yeah, That's true. kind of uh, okay where it's at. That's true. That's true. Uh, which one do you want me to start off with? Out of my uh, boiler football. Boiler football. Well, I will take one that Andrew kind of didn't want to mention. What if Kyle Orton doesn't fumble? I mean, that team's out to five and zero. Lead or five and zero start that year. They're t- ranked top five. He's winning the Heisman at the time. The game's won if he takes a slide. If he slides, he's past the first down marker, but he tries to extend it a little more and fumbles, and then their season went downhill. End up going seven and five. Um, Purdue football for a long time. It's never got to that high, anyways. Ever since, but for a long time, the mojo just wasn't the same. Just I would say Jeff Brom did help get the mojo back a little bit. Um, another what if for me uh, is. Honestly, it's a weird one, but what if 2012 Purdue hangs on and beats Ohio State, uh, Ohio State team that went undefeated that year in the horseshoe? Because I think if they win that game, I don't think Danny Hope gets fired. Huh? And then, in result, Daryl Hazel doesn't get hired. <coughs> so yeah. Purdue football could be sitting different. Um, and then, uh, lastly, for me, for Purdue football, um, I, I still look back and I, I think, uh, what if? It, it, I mean, the season probably wasn't going to be that great, anyways. But in 2019, what if Elijah Sindelar and Rondell Moore don't get hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> on the same play for the season? And that season just—I mean, everybody got hurt that year and that, and that tanked. But uh, Purdue football was the hardest one for me to come mm-hmm. up with three what ifs because I tried to do during my lifetime. Um, Bas- uh, P- Purdue basketball. What if Robbie Hummel doesn't go down in, sure. in 2010? Uh, uh, that team was rolling at the time. It was going to be a one seed. It still made Sweet 16 without him. So that's always a, a what if for me. A uh, big what if. Uh, you could do two in one game even. What if Ryan Klein makes the second of the one and one or his second free throw of the two in the final four or uh, Purdue gets the rebound on the missed yeah. free throw. They go to the final four and who knows? They play Auburn, house yeah. money. Who knows? Maybe they they're in the championship game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then lastly, uh, uh, what if they got past? Uh, it just recently biased, but what if they got past Verily Dickinson this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll just never know because they were, they were one seed. So, uh, a lot of what ifs I could do there. And then Denver Bronco football. 
my three what ifs. One of what if the Flacco bomb doesn't happen yeah. in twenty twelve? I think that was Peyton Manning's best team of his four Bronco teams. I think that team was ready to win the Super Bowl. And yeah, just crazy play happened, and then they lost in overtime. I also have what if uh, Brock Osweiler would have stayed in Denver. And I'm going to die on that hill because if he didn't go to the Texans, I still think he'd be in the league as a quarterback. He turned out so. to be awful. But I think with that team, he played good enough to help that team win Super Bowl 50, even though Peyton came in to finish it off. With that defense still intact in 2016, he knew that offense. that They still went 9-7. and seven without him and but missed the playoffs with Trevor Simeon. I think they were good enough at least to get the playoffs that year and then I still I still think he'd at least be in the league. Because he's he's still he's still young but he's retired now in the commentator. And my last what if is back in twenty seventeen, what if the Denver Broncos hired Kyle Shanahan instead of Vance Joseph. That's one. one I think about quite a bit. Because yeah. I wanted Kyle Shanahan really bad, and he's become great. Man, Joseph wasn't a good head coach, but now he's back in Denver as the defense coordinator yeah, this year. That's still weird to me. So it's very weird, but uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm sure there's many more what-ifs we could go down, but we've already ran out of time on the IC Sports Network. But for everybody watching on Facebook and listening on your favorite podcast platform, we'll finish it off with the birdie or bogey question for the week, which was uh, – let me get it up here. Uh Name the MLB pitcher who has accumulated the most wins since the year 2000. Verlander. Justin Verlander is a great guess, but he's Gosh. second with 246. This guy at 251. Oh, five. Um, 51. I have no idea. CC Sabathia. Oh man, that's a good. That was a really good question. We are tied, my friend. Yeah, just two weeks ago, you were three strokes behind. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Tan and J Man Show. Aaron Lynch will fill in for me next Monday. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Have a safe Fourth of. Oh, I'll say it next week. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs>